Okay, I'll get started. Um, I know Sean's trying to get logged on, um, but what a day. What an incredible morning uh, that we've all experienced here uh, as the 26-man roster has been announced for the Canadian men's national team as they prepare for the World Cup. Um, I'll repeat the names. I'm sure you know them all by heart already. Uh, but in case you somehow missed it or slept in uh, or decided to watch the Premier League instead, which are you nuts? At least one day you can let the Premier League go. Um, here are uh, your 26. So Milan Borian, James Pantamus, and Dane St. Clair in goal. Uh, Kamal Miller, Alistair Johnston, Sam Adekube, Derek Cornelius, Richie Larea, Stephen Vittoria, and Joel Waterman. I'm going to come back to him in a second. Uh, midfielders, uh, Stefan Estacchio, Liam Frazier. What a rise. Took a gamble on himself, leaving TFC, goes to Europe, gets into the World Cup squad. Uh, the GOAT, Atiba Hutchinson, Mark Anthony Kay, Ishmael Kone, one of the great rises uh, in Canadian soccer. Jonathan Osorio, Samuel Piet. David Watherspoon, um, underrated member uh, of this uh, of this squad, and and I think always was going to be a shoe in if he was fit. And then of course your forwards. I think this is probably the one area that had little to no sort of drama in terms of who was going. Uh, Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies, Junior Hoylet, um, Lucas Cavallini, Tejon Buchanan, Kyle Laren, Liam Miller, and Ike Ugbo. And there, ladies and gentlemen, are the 26 that will be representing Canada. Um, look, this is this is definitely a reaction show. So, you know, feel free to grab the mic on um, the bottom left-hand corner and give us your thoughts on this 26. Um, I mean, look, these are, these are 26 people that are going to write their names into, you know, Canadian folklore, into history. Um, as, as the 26 going to represent Canada for the second time ever at a FIFA World Cup. Just my initial kind of reactions are, you know, um, one, before we get into who made it and, you know, who should go, who shouldn't go, blah, blah, blah. Just how excited you got to be for each and every one of these guys who have, dreamed of going to a world cup who have you know sacrificed a lot in a lot of ways to represent canada um some of these players had other choices in terms of where they could have gone and played international football um but the fact that they made the choice to represent our country and are now going to be rewarded by doing that on the highest stages is quite incredible. Um, Sean, I see you're in the room, so go ahead and request the mic, uh, Sean, and I'll get you in here um, uh, for the show. But, um, you know, uh, when I when I think about this team, you know, I look at somebody like, you know, obviously Joel Waterman is the one that's going to stand out for a lot of people um, because of his, his path. Um, and, and if you think about Joel Waterman's path, you know, five, six years ago, that's impossible. Really, it's impossible if you think about it, right? Like six years ago, there was no chance that a guy who plays youth sports in our country 
works his way into not alone the national team, but gets to a World Cup as well. And with that, you also have to think about, you know, some of the players that help this get here and don't get to participate. And obviously the the one player you, you think about in this moment is Daniil Henry, who, if he doesn't get hurt in warmups, is going to the World Cup, right? Like he's he is on the roster. Uh, and that's uh, that's a tough one as much as you're sort of happy for Joel and an opportunity for him to 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 experience this. You're gutted for somebody like Daniel Henry, who um, and I think it was said on the broadcast, you know, has gone through a lot in his career in terms of injuries and setbacks and, you know, things like that. Um, but it's just incredible to to think about the fact that, you know, he got us all the way to the finish line and doesn't get to see the spoils of that. Now, granted, I think he's going to be in Qatar. I'm pretty sure the team's going to take him and he's going to be on the bench somehow or some way. Um, But just an incredible sort of moment to think about all these stories. I mean, you were watching the, you know, watching the broadcast and Richie's dad is on and, you know, the, although they kind of cut it short, I feel like there was a lot more there than they cut it short. Um, the, the, the evident pride that is there for him and to see his son represent the country that he ended up choosing as home. And that really resonates to me as somebody who's a first-generation Canadian as well. Um, you know, I, I know my parents sort of feel the same way and I and I could relate in that moment to to Richie and to his family and 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 what that must feel like um but Sean we finally got you on um go ahead and mute yourself man I just want to get your initial thoughts on on just before we get into the who got picked and who should be there and you know who may have got lucky and all that kind of stuff just your initial thoughts on this day and the announcement of the World Cup squad well, first of all, I apologize for all the technical difficulties. And then I tried to log on to my computer and that was giving me issues. So we're good now. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited. Um, first of all, you know, kudos to TSN. I think they did a great job with how they did the announcement. Um, Absolutely. So um, there were moments, you know, hearing the stories, uh, you know, it's, it, it just felt even more of a, of a, great story this this you know how they've gotten here you know for all of us probably in this room we've experienced at least at least one game so you know we all feel like this we've been on this run with them and it was just a beautiful hour to to see the players that got selected you know happy to hear the stories from from Richie to um Alistair and uh um Kamal you know it was just it it was a great great moment to just to see who's getting who's going yeah it is um and again going into sort of these stories of the players that are going to represent canada i mean everybody knows about jonathan or sorry um alfonso davies story um jonathan david's story has been highlighted as well you know you, you think about you, know, you think even th- about somebody you know like like Derek Cornelius, who 
is paying with the white caps, not getting a ton of minutes sort of here and there spot starting bets on himself, right? Goes and asks for a loan to go to Europe um, to get more minutes and has found himself on a world cup squad. Now I thought he should go on merit, um, but you got so many of those kind of stories, right? You think about an Alistair Johnson. I saw him play in League One Ontario a few years ago, right? Like you, you think about that. He was semi-pro. You know, that's yep. you know, it's a semi-pro league where a lot of guys are 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 either not getting paid or getting paid to play. Basically, if you get on the field, you get paid. You know, that's that's League One Ontario right now. Now, obviously, it's building and it's developing and. It's growing, but, you know, back then, you know, those guys were playing on high school fields. I saw them at a high school pitch um, at Monarch Park, right? So, like that, you know, to think about that and now to think that he's undroppable. Like, he's undroppable. He's he's one of the first names on this roster when you think about who's going to the World Cup. Well, I mean, we're all Richie fans, but, I mean, you would probably pen Alistair starting over Richie on that, uh, right? wing back or right back position right um and that's no no diss to richie but he's just like i said that story of what he where he started and what he's done to get where he is right now that's spread out throughout the team joel waterman like um six months ago he wasn't even in in conversation for this roster right um these guys just basically put in the work and and simply bet on themselves right when no one else kind of believed them like there's stories spread out in this team that nobody thought thought that, you know they were going to make it no one believed in them and and like i said look at you can find it throughout this roster and it, it again that's 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 part of the brotherhood that's part they share that bond they share that that drive liam frazier you know what tfc didn't wasn't he wasn't getting minutes here they put him on loan. They didn't re-sign him. He went to Belgium. He's going to Europe or sort of going to Qatar, right? Like, what more can you say on, when it comes to those kind of – that sto- those stories are spread out throughout the team. And now can one of these guys be – can they seize on this opportunity to blow up their career? Well, that's, that's the thing, right? When you think about this World Cup, you know, it is an opportunity of a lifetime for a lot of these players who get to get on that stage and could change their lives, change their families' lives. Um, it's and you and what they're doing, whether they're aware of it or not, or whether they they actively think about it or not, is they will change the face of Canadian football in the way that we talk about development and about what it means to play for Canada. Um, the women have done an amazing job of that. And I've seen that firsthand um, getting uh, working in the industry a little bit, you know, you see the impact that the women have had uh, on, on sort of how, you know, uh, players develop and want to play for that team and their goal, their, their mission, getting up every morning and training, every day is to make that team and either go to the world cup or go to the Olympics. That will now be something for the men's side as well. Um, and, and that's going to be incredible. I'll just say this. I hope they do an, an announcement show like this for the women's team when the women's roster gets released for the world cup next year. And I, I would assume, 
I mean, we shouldn't assume because let's be real. We don't know if it. Well, if it's TSN involved, I would say I'm more confident. If it's Candace Soccer, no, I'm not confident. Um, but uh, what I think we have to also understand there's a reason why they also had to kind of do this for the men's program. They have not done anything to to garner that spotlight or to be relevant within the nation. You know, you start to hype the women's program. They've got a stronger nationwide fan support because they've been there, done that time and time again. Right. So this is kind of like we're trying to introduce the country to the, the stars of the men's programs and hope that during the World Cup, more eyes will, will start to follow these players and start to follow the men's program. But yes, 100%. Moving forward, I hope every international major event, men and women, this is how they're hyping the teams because that's really how you help grow the game. They have a platform, TSN, to do it. Has to be done. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Well, of course, look, this is, again, a reaction show for us, but also for you listening in. Uh, So if you have questions, thoughts, please grab the mic at the bottom left-hand corner if you're listening on your phone. Um, give us your thoughts. If you're at a pub somewhere uh, and you've watched this uh, announcement there, just give us the the vibe. What is it like at, at the bar and how people are, are reacting and feeling? Or if you feel more comfortable tweeting at us, go ahead um, and tweet at us just at TFC Tunnel Club. Um, or uh, if you're on uh, your phone, I think in the bottom right hand corner, you can tap the little chat icon there and you can uh you can um you jump in on the on the call um, hey, I gotta, quickly mike before i j- jump in because since i missed some of it did you shout out annie for her little cameo uh well uh i was kind of slyly alluding to that but yeah absolutely <laughs> um annie you're you're like us you're gonna be super famous now um because mm-hmm. you got on the show um but that that's awesome um uh okay uh we'll bring in our, our first uh, speaker, uh, go ahead. I'm just going to bring you in. Uh, okay. Uh, coach, go ahead, man. Uh, you're, the floor is yours. Go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, give us your thoughts. Hello? Yeah, we can Hi, hear you. You can hear me. Okay. So, uh, basically, I'm so excited, like you, for the World Cup. Um, I'm Moroccan. We are in the same group. Um, as you can see in the picture with me, it's uh, Andy Rose. He was with me in the, my promotion. He coached in the, he's coaching actually now in the MLS, played at uh, Vancouver, played at Vancouver. He was a player in Vancouver. So I know the progress that been made and maybe I don't have the full picture as you uh, for the progress. Of course, you are there, you are in the events. And I'm and I'm sure and I'm sure that we're going to see a nice World Cup, and you have a lot of talents. Um, we we see this. Uh, this is just from a Moroccan point of view as a coach. We see Canada has a very small team, uh, very smart team that have a lot of uh, weapons that can hurt you on the counter. Uh, so we don't take it as easy. We know that. You have a strong team, and we have a strong group as well. We have Belgium, we have Croatia, so it's not a, it's not peanuts. Um, and we hope we hope to to make something out of this World Cup, but we know that your match is not gonna be easy. Our chance, maybe, to be honest with you, 
is going to be maybe pr- try to press high the Canadian team because we think the IU strength is is far behind and that even though it's a smart team when playing out the, from the back they have patience but sometimes can lack um, can lack um, some speed in the execution of some in the build-up phase so we, we know that we hope that with our pressing structure that it's not perfect still not perfect we changed our coach um, in September in July because the the previous coach was not doing um, an excellent job yes we qualified but to be honest we had an easy group uh, we had an easy group and um, the team he, the locker room wasn't believing in him anymore and the, the president of the federation had to do something somewhere and plus the pressure you know the patient in Morocco is crazy the patient the the the, the, the journalists so we had to change the coach so we have a new coach I don't think that we have a scenario one two well prepared but we hope that we have first match against Georgia and then we hope to to enter in the in the World Cup and gain in automatism and and then in the last match maybe we can do something against you but of course that's I wish for you uh, to have a nice World Cup and uh, and I wish you all the best well, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. And, and thank you for jumping in and giving us that perspective on on Morocco where we play in the in the third game. Um, Coach, I'm just going to put you back into the audience. But again, thank you so My much pleasure. for that perspective. And we and we, we and uh, honestly, obviously, we want to win. <laughs> and you want to win, too. But uh, but again, we also wish you a, a good World Cup as well. Um, so look, all the best. All right. Um, Sean, let's get into it, because like obviously part of announcing a squad is now trying to figure out how they're going to play and how they are going to compete against Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco in these three matches. So Sean, when you look at the 26 man roster, look, most likely John Herdman's already said he's got a core 16 or 17 that are going to play the majority of the minutes uh, during this world cup. You know, of those guys, you know, what do you think are going to be the keys? Uh, you know, let's talk about Morocco first. I know it's the third game, but since we're sort of on the topic, what do you think are going to be the keys in that game, which many Canadians are going to point to as the game where we can really pick up three points and maybe get a, give ourselves a chance to get out of the group and, and qualify um, for for the next round? Hey, Sean, if you're trying to speak, you're still on mute. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that. Um, yeah, there's so many factors by going backwards that kind of messes messes things up, but we'll try this, right? Because, you know, if we get an upset beforehand, you know, yes, you still want to play to win, but, you know, um, who's playing, how, you know, might change things up. You know, if, you, if someone picks up a knock in game one or two, you may want to, you know. So there's so many factors, but... Um, it, it was good to get a perspective on Morocco and how they will play. And I mean, if you have a team that's that's looking to press and isn't comfortable in that press, that can only play in, I think, our hands, right? With the pace that we have at, on counterattacking, um, you know, you don't, if you're not good at pressing and you make that mistake and allow us to open you up, we have the the firepower and the skill to put the ball in the net. So I think, you know, if that is the case, you know, that could play into our advantage. 
Um, but again, you know, you would you you would assume by again th- that third game, it, you know, depending on their results and depending on our, our results, there's so many factors. We may, you know, say we get a result, and and it's important for us to get that win to to potentially move on. You know, will we sit back? Will we then play more of an attacking game and try to expose? You know, maybe they're weak in certain areas on defense and try to expose them. So, you know, John Herdman will. There's so many factors that'll come into play because it is the third and final game. Yeah, don't sleep on Morocco. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I watched, no. I, like, well, I mean, I, I mean, look, I watched um, several of their matches during um, the African Cup of Nations, and you know that that team played decently, and they did have arguably their best player in Hakim Ziyech, right? So, and he's going to be on the roster yeah, this yeah, time, around, yeah, the Chelsea midfielder. So. Yeah, that's and that's going to be an added thing, uh, you know, added strength to them. Now, again, new coach, it, it, you know, we don't really know how things are going to play out. That's the third game. For me, it's it's, you know, if we struggle from the start, it might be harder for them to get keep, you know, to re- rebound come that third game, right? So I think the the Belgium game real like. Some people say Croatia game, the Croatia game is more of a crucial game. But I mean, if they struggle from the start, you know, that might not be a good thing moving forward. So they're going to have to be able to, you know, like try to hold their own against Belgium for as long as they can, hope for an opportunity. Um, You know, it's going to be key on not making those mistakes against a team like Belgium. You just can't. Right. And, And look, I think a lot of people got a little concerned after the Bahrain friendly. Um, and look, I don't take a lot out of that other than you need to get some guys some minutes and try to keep guys from not getting hurt. <laughs> that was the I, biggest I, thing in that match. I didn't like it was good to for me. It was just good to get players, a, the MLS guys playing. Um, yeah, I was a little more concerned, you know, seeing Kamal kind of limp up. But I mean, the core of, of that team didn't of who will probably be starting outside of Kamal and Alistair really didn't play that game. Right. You got these were the minutes for the guys that like, yeah, Jonathan potentially will be starting. Mark Anthony potentially will be starting. But, you know, hopefully he's 100 um, percent. And we may see a more closer to starting 11 uh, this Thursday night when they play Japan. For sure. For sure. Right. So, and I think. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, let, let's sort of look ahead a little bit in terms of what we think the strongest 11 will be for Canada, both probably for that Japan game and for the first game against Belgium. I mean, when I look at the roster right now, I mean, Milan Borian, it's his job, uh, you know, knock that he stays fit. Um, he, he's your, he's your starting goalkeeper. When I look at the back, I, I can't see them not playing uh, a three slash five, no matter how you want to see the formation uh, at the back. But it's Victoria Miller and Johnston with Atacube and probably Richie Larea on the right. Um, hmm. the- I would say Alistair on the right over Richie. And who would? Okay, so you then would would you play then a a, a four or, or are you looking yeah, to bring I mean, in an extra? Are, you, are you putting? Are you putting? Are you then putting Alistair in the midfield? No, you're putting Alistair as the right sided center back. So it's it's Victoria in the middle. Alistair on the right as center back, Kamal with his left foot on the left, with Atakube as sort of the yeah, left wing yeah, back and Rich as a right wing back. Okay, okay, I see that. Okay, I, I, I see it that way. Right, okay. so that you have your three in attack, but when you're defending, you have five back, essentially. Gotcha, okay. 
right? And uh, yeah, that would be a fair. Um, yeah, I, I I have no problems with that so far. Right, and then when I look at the midfield, you know, it, it, this one's a tough one because I think I mean obviously Estacio starts right, and who is going to be your three in midfield, right? So if you if you take Estacio as a given, um, I. I the question, and they were talking about this in the broadcast, is you know, do you do you start Ishmael Kone and say off the bat, hey, go make something happen, young buck, or do you go with Atiba one for the experience, two for the he's the captain, and he gets to lead the team out in the first game of a World Cup. I'm of two minds of it because. I get the narrative behind why you play Atiba Hutchinson. But I also yeah. think in that game, you may want that dynamism. I can't even pronounce the word. Um, but you, yeah, but you want that You want that out of Kone. But is that better served off the bench? What do you think, Sean? And Room, what do you think? Please let us know what you think as well. Like, I mean, you have to... And for all TFC fans, set aside the club he plays for. Just at the end of the day, what he's doing on the like what where he's come from and what he's done in this year has been outstanding. And you know he, you know, sky's the limit for this young kid. However, um, I uh, against a team like Belgium, I would rather go with Atiba as his experience, his calmness on the pitch. It, you know, having someone like Kone coming off the bench is the spark you would need versus, you know, bringing on a team off the bench is when you want to hold a lead, right? And, and in my opinion, you, you're you safer going with an Atiba starting over Kone. And if you need that spark, you know, you, you know he that's what he brings. He brings that dynamic. Now you have me, you're going to screw up that word. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's my take. I, I would go, I'm starting a Tiva. Fair. And, and look, I don't think you, you, you go wrong either way, but uh, I get it. Yeah. And most likely look, a is probably starting. Let's be real here. Um, and then I think that third midfielder, honestly, I think that third midfielder in that game is going to be Samuel Piet. I think it's going to be Piet as the third midfielder, that guy who's going to be man marking, you know, maybe has the task of man marking Kevin De Bruyne, which uh, uh, holy what what a, what? what a what a world we live in where Sam Pietta is going to man mark Kevin De Bruyne. I wouldn't care if he gives him one of those Sam Pietta tackles to kind of say, you know what, like <laughs> don't 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 like just because we're from Canada and you don't know who we are, we're not afraid of you. Like one of those kind of tackles because channel is inner Daniel Henry. <laughs> I'm, I'm all down for that that side of Sam Samuel Pietta this this World Cup. Yeah, for sure. And look, I, I think in a in another circumstance, you probably maybe start Jonathan Osorio um, as, as the third midfielder. Um, but I think you know you go for a little bit of steel in in the midfield uh, to try to win the ball back and, and try to push yourselves forward. Um, you know, and and to be honest, like a, a lot of people probably up until this last stretch would have probably put Mark Anthony K as an automatic starter. But I think he's. He's dropped a little bit in the pecking order just because his four at TFC wasn't great. Um, oh, yeah. You know, his formal season wasn't really great, right? Like, and he's battled some injuries. So I, I think, you know, I think that's sort of the way you go in in the midfield, at least to start. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's Stefan Estacchio, to me, is the better of the attacking 
he's he's like based on how his form is right now, like you want him in that attacking midfield role because he's dangerous and could be could be the 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 the, the guy that gets you know like people don't leave him open for a shot outside that eighteen because he's been putting in some deadly goals this year for Porto and I'm I, I'm I'm feeling like he could be the X factor uh, for our attack. Well, yeah, he's been also been, uh, you know, making those late runs into the box um, for Porto, Porto in those games. Where yeah, he's, been yeah. goals. he's channeling yeah. again, his inner sort of Jonathan Osorio um, there. And then with the forwards, I mean, I don't think you have much of a sort of surprise there. You're going to have Alfonso Davies and you're going to have Jonathan David. And then, you know, you can kind of toss up probably a Tejon, but he maybe comes off the bench um, or Kyle Laren. Um, as sort of the other, as the other forwards. So, um, you know, it's probably Laren, David, and Alfonso as your forwards um, to, to start with Tejon maybe coming, or well, definitely coming off the bench as sort of that first attacking option, whether he takes Richie off as the right wing back um, or, or comes in as a forward. Though there is a shout that Tejon maybe starts at right wing back and you bring Richie off the bench. That's another option or another permutation of this lineup that you could potentially see. And apparently now we ha- uh, Junior Oilette's also been playing wing back with Redding. So you, you have the versatility of our forwards who used to be, you know, like if need be, can drop back. Like Alfonso can play multiple roles within this, this team. You know, um, I think he would be more effective on a midfield role than, say, a forward role, but that's just my personal opinion. Because um, I think dribbling from when he cut, when he's more dribbling from the not in the final third, but going into the final third, I think he's more of a threat. No, for for sure, for sure. And I mean, my argument for the longest time with Alfonso is that if if he's at left wing back, it actually gives him more space to overlap and become dangerous where it's right. a little easier to mark him as a winger. But that said, I mean, look, the, the decision's made. He's going to play as a forward with this team. That's, and, that, and that's fine. Right? That's, yeah. that's fine. Like, because at the end of the day, he's still deadly enough that, you know, if you leave, if you don't, if you're not careful, he, he you know, he, he's going to, he's going to expose you. Right. And he's got that, that pace. He's got the ability to dribble around, man. So we know what he brings to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and what he, and, and just sort of looking through some tweets here, just going out there, like what a, what a season it is. And again, this usually is a Toronto FC focused uh, show, but obviously we've gone men's national team uh, for the world cup, but six Montreal players in the, in the world cup squads, pretty, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, interesting and pretty, and it speaks a lot to, you know, just the, the moves that they made and sort of getting those players minutes. Um, that's uh, that's pretty big, you know, in terms of uh, a club just being able to facilitate that many players onto the national team. TFC do have uh, three players who were pretty much shoe-ins to go anyway, but still that's uh, that's pretty impressive um, from CF Montreal, though some of those players may not be Montreal players by the end of the World Cup anyway. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, Sean, one of the things that, uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of going to go back a little bit here to this sort of story of the players that have made this team. One of the players I want to highlight um, is Liam Frazier, 
you know, um, this, this is a player who, you know, a lot of people in this room who follow TFC know very well, uh, came through the academy, was one of the first players to really go through the TFC two to first team pathway. Um, many people thought would be the heir apparent to, to Michael Bradley in midfield doesn't really get his shot for a myriad of reasons. Um, and, you know, he sort of goes on loan to Columbus. Then we don't re-sign him. And he says, forget it. I'll bet on myself and I'm going to go to Europe and play in Belgium second division and has found himself in a position to be on this roster. And I always had him as a bubble player making it depending on, how things kind of shook out, but um, I just maybe talk a little bit about, you know, Liam and his, his sort of re, I don't say rebuilding of his career. He's not like rebuilding a career, but you know, being able to find himself now with a plane ticket to Qatar, you know, just, just sort of talk about that rise and, and your thoughts on that. Um, uh, yeah. There's, you know, you got to give it to him because at the end of the day, if he had stuck around with TFC, would he be on this team? Right? Like you, there's a lot. I would say there would have been a less opportunity simply because, you know, he was given plenty of chance with TFC. And for some reason, things just never like we've seen glimpses, but never the consistency. And maybe for, it, it, we've said this, you know, many times on, uh, on the tunnel club, for some players, sometimes it's great when you can grow as that homegrown, but sometimes to truly develop, you need to leave. You need to go away. You need to get away from that, that cushion of your home environment and, and where you kind of like, this is it. I got to, if I want to make that career, I got to, you know, I got to, I got to prove it. And when you bet on yourself like that, there's plenty of guys who are on this, on this roster right now who had that mentality. And that is the strength of, you know, that that's gotten him there. And, and as I said earlier, you know, same with uh, Cornelius wasn't getting the playing time in Vancouver said, you know what, what, you know, like to gr- maybe not the biggest place in Europe, but still said, I, I, I believe that if I can get the playing time, it's only going to benefit me long-term. Right. You have to love when, when those kind of that, that, that attitude going back to Richie's story where, you know, John Jonathan de Guzman said it on uh, on on the show. Sorry, Jul- Julian. Um, you know he he had dinner with him when he got after he got cut from Orlando and he had no team, right? And then TFC said, "All right, come on in as a trial and look where he is right now." Right? There's when you bet on yourself and you believe that you know what I can be a, a, a pro, I can make it in this game, and and you know at, an added bonus is now you're in, going to the World Cup representing your country. Those are the stories we want, you know, we want other kids to, to hear and and now say, you know what, I can do that too. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the lasting thing got to qualify. I mean, there, there's two things about Liam that I, that I really love in terms of his time with the national team. One, of course, you go back to 2019, October 2019 in the Nations League, and he comes on for an injured Mark Anthony Kay against the U S at BMO field and just kind of bosses the game, right? Like he kind of makes a lot, a lot of things happen in that game that of course lead to Canada 
winning that match um and and sort of just seeing that that rise of that player that could potentially be and then of course the the second thing in qualifying is, is you know that ball to oh, Jonathan yeah. David and I believe El Salvador yeah um, the, the, the one chest yeah just uh, the, the, just the the ball is I mean he is uh, he's probably the best long striker of the ball on the team in terms of just being able to ping a ball out to somebody um and and to see that ball and of course Jonathan David makes the goal right like with his touches but the the I mean I I think we talked about it in the in the post game here uh, on the tunnel club just you know the audible ooh when he makes that pass like mm-hmm. you know we haven't had a player that could do that on the national team that does that that consistently and and to have him as a weapon at the world cup to be able to potentially provide something like that that's big well i mean let's for real he's actually stepped up more when he's put on the national program than he did when we saw him in the club and that's what like that's the the Liam Fraser we all like said if we can get that for TFC there's no reason why he shouldn't be fighting for a starting spot. But then he would get on the pitch and we didn't see the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing is because like I said, he's got a talent. We know what he can, like he, he may not be a starter, but we know what he can bring off the bench uh, as an added uh, strength or depth piece in that midfield. And he's earned his right to be in this roster yet. He was definitely a bubble piece, but you know, what may have hurt some players is, you know, if you were playing in the MLS, just not getting a lot of playing time. Absolutely. Or who you were playing with, i.e. TFC. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, some other just neat stories on, on this, you know, David Wotherspoon, um, obviously born in Scotland, um, but has Canadian roots through his parents. You know, this time last year was recovering from a blown ACL. Um, and there was a possibility that he was not going to make make this team um, for the World Cup, uh, but he he gets back uh, and and ends up being a big part of St Johnstone's run to the Scottish Cup, and um, it has been big this year for them as well. I know we haven't seen him as much with the national team lately, um, a because obviously he's been recovering, and b you know John Herdman sort of let him stay with his club team to gain fitness and train. Um, but again, this is a player that, um, you know, I think if he stays healthy the whole time, I think this would have been a no brainer uh, pick uh, because obviously he brings something and he, and you can see it when he plays for the national team, right? Like he, he brings that hustle. He brings uh, an intense pressing game, but he also has, that ability to go forward and make things happen in the final third, whether it's a final ball or finishing it himself. So again, another, another uh, addition that I think some people might sort of, you know, tilt their head to the side and say, Hmm, but you know, if you think about him in the early part of qualifying and through the nation's league games and through gold cup games was actually quite a significant piece of the national team before getting hurt. Yeah. He was a regular, like he was, he was, consistent he was on the pitch like he wasn't just a player called in he was a, getting regular minutes and contributing he was part of the the why we are where we are right now um and you can't you know like at the end of the day if you really sit back there's not one player that's on this roster i mean you would you would have to say 
and this is no knock to Joel Waterman, but if 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 Henry had not picked up that knock in warm up, I'm quite confident to say he would have been on this team versus Waterman. Um, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and outside of that, I don't believe really you can question any of the guys that made this roster, because at some point throughout this qualifying. When, when they needed that, whether that goal, that, that, that hard tackle, whatever it was, each one of these guys that got selected stepped up and solidified the, the bond within. Like, you know, when you see someone make that tackle for you, you just be like, you know what, I can, I can bring a little bit more. And it just – so I can't really question to say, no, this guy really didn't deserve a chance to be on this team. I believe they all, at the end of the day, earned their call. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, when you look through this list, I mean, let's, I know we've already talked a little bit about Joel, but I'm sort of going to deep dive a little bit. You and I, and a lot of people in this room are Canadian Premier League stands um, and and believe in what the league can do and be um, as a, as a professional league in this country, which is desperately needed. Um, uh, on the men's side and, and definitely on the women's side. Um, so I'll just use this platform to say, get that done already. Um, but, uh, you know, you, I, okay. So, uh, you know, I used to work for a team and, and I saw Joel Waterman in his, you know, in his sort of kind of like CPL debut in Hamilton. Um, and I'll be honest, there is no way I could have possibly thought that he would be, you know, on a national team less than, you know, you're thinking about less than five years later, right? Like he, he goes from Calgary, plays for Cavalry, get, you know, gets to a final, um, you know, gets a trial with Montreal, signs with Montreal, develops a little bit with them, and then finds himself starting games and playing well. And, and yes, of course, you, we can say if Daniil doesn't get hurt, he may not be on the roster. Um, but I actually think he, he, they may, I think John Hurd may have taken him anyway. Um, just simply yeah. down to the fact that uh, it looks like what's going to end up happening here is that it, you know, Atiba Hutchinson will probably be the first center back uh, backup. Should something happen to say Steven Vittoria uh, at center back. And maybe that extra spot was actually given to Liam Frazier. I um, mean, that he might have been going all along. And the idea being here and the story being here that the pathway in this country is now viable. The the ability for a player to develop at home, you know, grow up in your local club. You know, if you get a sh- shot at Europe, go for it, of course. But... You know, if the if the route takes you to you know U Sports and you you got to go to York or Carlton or you know UBC or Montreal, then that's the route you got to take. But that doesn't mean your dream is over. Um, it means that you you still have a shot because the Canadian Premier League is there. Uh, and and that to me is that to me, if anything, out of that signing. And look, it's unlikely that he plays any minutes at this World Cup. Um, but that's to me. Okay. I think the power of the narrative and I think the power of just him being in that environment will do wonders for us down the road. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got, if you're a young kid, 
you know, you, you can't rely solely on, and we'll use the three MLS clubs as prime example, as, you know, I want my kid to play for that academy because they're the professional club. Like for some kids, that's not going to be the pathway that's going to get them where they need to go. Right. And, and it, with all the, these different stories, but a Joel Waterman's path from getting drafted out of a Canadian university program, playing in the CPL, betting on himself with the trial in FC Montreal, getting signed, and then earning himself from just being, you know, a depth piece to becoming a key part of their run this year. You know, earning, and when you, anyone who saw him play against Bahrain, yes, it was Bahrain, but he did not look out of place at all. He looked extremely comfortable in that, in that role. So, you know, you're right. He probably won't, won't step on the pitch, but, you know, Again, different type of competition. You know, if you need him, you probably could, you know, do that. If it's five minutes just to give somebody a, a little rest and he's just going to get a little run, not going to change the outcome of the game mentality, that would be okay. But again, probably not touching the pitch. Now, I have a quick question for you because see how we talked about um, Herdman touched on Scott Arthur. Do you think that if Atiba wasn't healthy to go, he would have? called on our field simply for his experience? Mm, great question. Uh, no. No, I don't think he would have. I, I, I think, look, Scott Arfield is a fantastic player. There is no doubt about that. Um, but Scott Arfield made up his mind, right? He right, made a decision. Right. And, but, and But, but Herman did, did allude that they were still in conversation. He was still part of the 46-man um group that he 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 narrowed down for this Qatar team so it's not as if like yes Scott Scott Arthur did make his decision but I believe the door was was still left open based on just based on what my interpretation so again I I see your point I'm just like because we know not even necessarily what Atiba brings on the pitch we know what he means to to the to the guys in the roster and maybe Scott doesn't bring that because he hasn't been with this group but He's, you know, like if again you don't have that, what what a team brings on the field, having somebody like Scott could, again, not saying he probably wouldn't have got selected anyways, but could have been a bonus. Yes, I, I see your I see your point. I hundred percent. I see your point. Um, I do believe though that even if Atiba Hutchinson was not fitting, could not have gone to this World Cup, I don't think Scarter Field would have been selected. And I, and here's the reason why I really think John Herdman values the players that made the commitment to be a part of this qualifying process, right? Like, and we've been talking about it the, the whole time, right? Daniel Henry, was he in the best club form? No, not, not even close, but he was going to the world cup regardless. And I think it's because, John Herdman made it clear, like he, he made it clear that the day that Scott Arfield quote announced his quote unquote, uh, you know, international retirement was that, you know, there's going to be guys that need to commit to the process and those who commit to the process will reap the benefits that they qualify for the world cup. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fact is Scott Arfield did not show up for, you know, the, the, the big games that mattered. Right. And and whatever that decision is, obviously Scott Arfield has the right to make whatever decision he wants for his family, for his career. I know there were family considerations in there. 
I know the travel is tough from Europe to North America to go play at Bradenton, Florida against the U.S. Virgin Islands. But Alfonso Davies did it. Jonathan David did it. All these other players who had the same sort of potential situations that he had did it. Um, And at the end of the day, uh, I don't – even if you don't have Atiba, and yes, Scott Arfield has that experience and – um, and, and has that sort of, at least on the field, that positional sway. But I think from a locker room perspective, no, I, I don't think he goes. And I think John Herbin values that maybe sometimes over what he could have done on the pitch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can't dispute that at all because that's there's a, that's one hundred percent fact. And John, you know, alluded to both, you know, to that um, that. Um, big part of his decision was that that brotherhood the bond that they that this team has and what he hopes will will be their x factor um now could that be like again i don't there's not there's no one that comes to mind that i think that you know may have played could have potentially been quote unquote an x factor who was left off but do you think john's relying too much on that brotherhood as being the X factor? No, I don't think so. I think you did take probably the most likely the best 26 that were available. Um, obviously there were some shouts early on that somebody like a, a, a change maker, like say Luca Colio show, um, or maybe you try to convince Daniel Jebison to commit by giving him a world cup spot. Um, you know, from a, a difference maker like that. But I don't think there was somebody out there that, you know, when I think of that you're missing where you're like, ooh, you know, that guy. We should have really brought that guy. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I can't think of that person. Unless you have somebody that you have in mind. No, no, there isn't. But since you're touching on the fact that, you know, you know, you know maybe they could have, you know, dangled that World Cup roster over certain players. Do you think it's good that they didn't go that route with anyone in general throughout this this qualifying simply because, you know, you got it like you may be in form, but it's more than just you you gotta earn the right to to go to Qatar with these guys. Oh, hundred percent. Like uh, I I'm you know, uh, you know, just I have a thought so that we don't name names. I'm not gonna name names. I'm just gonna yeah. say at the end of the day, again. Every 26 guys that got named, they earned it. They put in the work to represent the country at every, whenever required, right? Because this was a long journey to get where we are right now. And you can't, again, I won't get into the political behind the scenes shenanigans of, you know, with with camps and, and players and whatnot, but, you know, I there's not one player that I wish would be there that isn't there. No, there, there's nobody that I'm looking at that being like, oh, you don't deserve to really be there. Like, no, um, you know, when you look at the team, I think the team kind of picked itself in a lot of ways, right? Um, you know, even somebody like Derek Cornelius, again, who didn't get a ton of minutes um, during the qualification process. Um, you know, I, I think being part of the team, 
you know, willing to go to the U23s and try to qualify for the Olympics and kind of being the captain and the man there, you know, was a, was a big thing. Um, yeah. You know, and, and look like Derek Cornelius is for, you know, he's for the next run, right. He's for, you know, nations league and the gold cup after the world cup, you know, that that's kind of probably going to be more his time, but still, you know, when you look at a lot of these players in this team, like there's no one here that I look at and say like, Oh, you didn't really deserve to to be on this team. Even like somebody who I didn't think was going to make, make it, excuse me, like Liam Miller, like, or Millar, however you pronounce it. Um, you know, I, I think in the end he's played well for Basel, you know, he, he's played well in Europe. Um, and, and, you know, when he's, you know, been on the national team and gotten minutes, like sometimes he's been up and he's been down, but I, I think that he has again put in that work to to earn the spot to go. So you know, from the, from that perspective, like maybe a maybe on my opinion, maybe a surprise to, to, to slightly be called, but at the same time, you know, I also understand it as well. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing is like you can bring up a name like him. You can bring up uh, for some, you can bring up uh, Cavallini. But at the end of the day, when you're gonna say like, well, maybe this guy shouldn't have made it, who would you pick? Out if not for him and that's where I don't have answers so I won't question at the end of the day the 26 because like I said I don't there's no one that comes to my mind that is missing that that that's like should have been picked over anyone that's there 100% 100% okay right. um, so go ahead no no and and it, I, that's it like even you mentioned Cornelius I'm pretty sure most of the 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 pre-World Cup roster um, names that I saw or whoever released what they thought, almost everyone had Cornelius on that roster. Yeah. So not too shocked about seeing him, right? So, again, I'm, I'm satisfied with the 26. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's wrap up the show here. We've been going about an hour. So let, let's wrap up with a couple of tweets that have been sent in. Uh, Justin Knapp just asking, how do you go tarps off in here? Uh, Justin, I already assume your tarps off anyway, just listening to this. So uh, go for it, buddy. Um, we'll uh, we'll see you probably at a, a watch party somewhere. Uh, tarps off. Uh, Stefan just says, shout out to Brampton Soccer. Yeah, I mean, what, seven, seven players on the national team come out of Brampton? I mean, tell me what's in the water in Chincuzzi somewhere um well, that's uh that's producing that many players but seven not, not just that like do they have enough billboards in brampton to post all I, I mean chikuzi is only so far so long man like you can only put up billboards you're gonna have to put some of them on the on the 410 or something like that um to, to get all of those players on there um but uh yeah a lot of billboards right now in brampton uh celebrating uh the the players that are on the national team um just jeffrey p nesker my uh co-host on uh toronto till i die just tweeting in saying he's loving leaving fraser getting the nod the secret weapon and of course can we celebrate the absolute class that is daniel henry and let's take a moment here before we end wrap up the show to talk about daniel i think because i think this is going to be one of the stories of the World Cup in terms of the selection and not look there's no controversy behind this um there's a certain sort of pseudo celebrity um tv presenter who has tweeted out his point of view on it and he's got it completely wrong but 
you know, according to tweets out there, according to Alex Gongay Ruzik, who is uh, a friend of the show, um, Daniil Henry stood down. You know, he, he, he there was a possibility that he would have been selected anyway, despite the injury. Um, uh, you know, in the pregame against uh, for uh, against Bahrain, sorry, and he stood down so that another player could go. That is the the unbelievable selflessness you have to have in yourself to give up what would have been your roster. Like would would not would have been. It is his roster spot. He gave it up so that someone else could go because he knew he wasn't going to be 100%. Um, and that is, like, that alone, is, you know, he. I mean, you know, we've already said he's going to be flying with the team. I think that's now been confirmed. So he will be with the team uh, during the World Cup. But the fact that he gave up uh, his spot, essentially, uh, to let someone else go, uh, and and represent the country and and get their opportunity is, I mean, hats off. That's all you can say. Absolute class. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be gutted for for the like. He's gone through so much, you know, ups and downs, struggles. Um, you know, we all, even though he didn't get much time with TFC, we all were just like, we just give him a little minutes, just make sure he's healthy. We'll know he's good. We know he's going otherwise. And I'm, I remember, uh, so I didn't get to watch the game live. So I kind of stayed off the internet against Bahrain. So I had to come home and when, as soon as I saw that, when I was watching the, the replay, I was just like to hear that he got injured in warm up. It was just like, he's not going. And you didn't hear anything since you didn't hear any like confirmations of, is he injured? So you, there was still hope. There was still hope, I think, that we were all kind of like, all right, he's, he's going to get called. And pretty much, again, everyone who had Cornelius' name on their roster also had Henry. So when, 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 when he wasn't part of that, that, that defensive core that was named, I was gutted for him. And now to hear this, that, that he was going to go get called and chose, you know what, I'm not 100%, I'm – I can't give what I would what need what I would need to give for this team. That's beyond selfless. That that like, you know, it it, it hurt. It must have hurt him to 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 make that decision. But that's that's the character of a man that that I think we all need to applaud. Yeah, in the the tweet here from Alex Gonge Rozek, John Herdman says that Dio Henry felt something in his calf in warm up uh, in the warm up uh, before the friendly in Bahrain. Uh, and pulled out as it got worse. His timeline was 14 days, so it was a return was possible uh, for Daniil, but Henry decided to give up his spot to someone else. Incredible sacrifice from him. I mean, that's all you really got to say uh, in terms of not just the man, but the, I, I think the overall, you know, the, the term has been used a million times, but brotherhood. Um, uh, of this team, but it, it, you know, clearly it's, he said a lot because it's true. And, and that's, and that I think is how we can sort of wrap up the show and talk about this team, this 26 that will have written, written themselves into history, into Canadian soccer folklore. 
Um, they're names that that are going to live forever in a lot of ways. A lot in a lot of ways, the same '86 team. A lot of those guys, um, you know, their names are still very much relevant in in Canadian soccer when you think about it. And now you've got a group of players who will join them in, in that uh, in that time as well. So, um, Sean, any last thoughts before we wrap up today? No, I think you, you know, you ended it well with, with, you know, um, that, that quoting the tweet from, from Alex. So, um, basically, uh, what Thursdays, the, the, they play by, uh, Japan, I think, uh, Thursday evening. That's correct. Uh, well, maybe we can do something post game or pre game or something. Um, it is an 830 game. So maybe pre game would be good just to kind of see how everyone's feeling with, with, at that point, under a week before the big game and the real party begins. Absolutely. Uh, we'll have more shows coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks. Obviously, as the World Cup uh, starts and goes on, we will try to do either pregame or postgame shows for, for Canada. Um, and first game on the 23rd against Belgium. Uh, the 27th is a Sunday against Croatia. And then December 3rd, uh, December 1st, excuse me, um, is the game against Morocco. Uh, so stay tuned uh, to our Twitter channel. We'll let you know when we're doing shows and what times we're going to be on and, and talking about this incredible ride uh, for the Canadian men's national team as they embark on their first World Cup journey since 1986 uh so we'll wrap it up there on behalf of sean levy my name is mike newell thanks again for listening to the tunnel club and we'll chat to you soon take care and have a great sunday everybody <laughs>